Hello and welcome to the Wake Up With Glow podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and the topic today is so great. It's so interesting and I'm so excited to share it with you all. It is Thursday. I hope you're having a fantastic, fantastic day, whether you're at work or you're finishing up and about to go home. Regardless, I really hope that the week has been powerful, that you're ready to finish off strong. And, you know, a lot of people have been having a bit of a hard week. Uh, I've been chatting with a few of you, and I know that it hasn't been easy for everyone. So no matter what you're going through, I hope you're staying strong. I hope you're staying committed to the goals that you set for yourself. And I hope you know that it is going to get better. And then worse, and then better, and then worse, and then better. But ultimately... We live for the better, so just hang in there and let's jump into today's topic. So today's topic is about the roles that we take on in our lives and why it is so important to understand how we ourselves and the people in our lives characterize themselves, sometimes unknowingly. And, you know, it's such an interesting thing. Anytime we talk about something that, you know, requires someone to be unaware of their own behavior. I'm really fascinated by those topics particularly because, you know, we live our lives every day and we think that we're so good at knowing ourselves. We think that we're so equipped to, you know, handle our own business and no one can really get in the way of that and we know what's best for us. And yet, we are still finding ourselves so unaware of so many different things. So to give an example leading into this discussion, I want to give you the example of occupation. So depending on what job you chose for yourself, what career, you know, a lot of people knew from perhaps very young, what they wanted to be, others decided later in life. But regardless of whether you've been plotting on a particular career type early on, or you know, you've spent a significant amount of time in that career, I want to use the example of, say, medicine. You know, if you always knew you wanted to be a doctor and you took all the steps to become a doctor, what you will typically find with people as you go to see a doctor or if you have a doctor in your family or if you are a physician yourself, you will see that they will exhibit behaviors in their normal life that tend to be very in line with the role of a doctor. And now I know that initially the thing that people tell themselves and as someone who, you know, was going hard on the medical path as well, I can tell you that There have been times where I said to myself as a medical student, yeah, um, you know, all of these things, I'm going to be a doctor because I'm these things. These are the things that are going to make me a good doctor, right? So we justify our behaviors as what is going to facilitate the role, not really understanding that the role itself has been accepted a long time ago, even way before you actually started practicing as a physician. And you have tied everything else in your identity and that you know extends to the way you treat people, your relationships. You've extended that role into other areas of your life and a lot of times you're unaware of it. So, you know, as a physician, I always said to myself, okay, you know, I'm 
super type A, but that's okay because I'm going to be a surgeon and I'm super meticulous and I am an incredibly conscientious hard worker and I don't like to party, I like to read and I like to study. And I associated all of these things with why I was going to be a good physician when in turn these happen to be all elements of me assuming a role that I wasn't even taking on yet. So why is this important? The reason this is important is because we act out this role. You know, a doctor is just one example of where we see this, you know, because it's so common. Everyone at some point in their life sees a doctor. And what do we see? We see that over time, Physicians tend to become desensitized. You know, perhaps you saw your doctor and you felt as though they weren't incredibly empathetic. And they sort of had this, you know, very prototypical process that they were implementing and you were in and out and, you know, you walked away maybe feeling some type of way. And the reason for all of that is because they've assumed this role. So even when they're practicing and they're supposed to be assuming that role, perhaps it gets taken a little bit too far. And it becomes very systematic, as many people probably have experienced with the medical profession. Um, You know, extending that into the doctor that goes on a date in their personal life, they may be employing a systematic approach to dating because they have extended their role of a physician into their personal life. So they may be, you know, operating in that same exact way because they do that for a disproportionate amount of time in their life and they've decided that that's who they are. You know, once you accept that that's going to be your role, you think that you need to incorporate that into every ounce of your being. So like I said, promising you other examples, the same thing is seen with parenting. You know, we all likely have experienced a parent in our life where we are a fully grown adult and our parent still treats us as though we are the seven-year-old child. You know, uh, when you were 20 years old, when you were 30 years old and your mother or father is still calling you and telling you, are you home? Are you home safe? Did you fly in safely? Are you okay? Is everything good? Are you hungry? Did you eat? Did you make sure you wore your hat? It's really cold outside. You know, we laugh at these things now because we all experience this, whether it's from a parent or a caretaker or anyone who is older than us that has played some kind of caretaking role in our lives at some point. But we just accept this as, you know, we don't really think too much into it, where we just think that this is just, oh, you know, mom's being mom and dad's being dad, and we just have to accept that. But really what's happening is that Your mother or father or caretaker or whoever it may be has taken on this role so many years ago when the role was appropriate that they have a hard time disidentifying from the role. And that results in them continuously acting out as the parent to the young child because that is the way that they foresee their identity on a subconscious level. And that's something that is so difficult to break. And it's interesting because as we talk about, you know, people discuss changing other people. And it's certainly not a secret that it's incredibly difficult to change anyone else. You know, as the saying goes, uh, if you think you could change someone else, try changing yourself, you know, 
how hard is that to change yourself? And then to extend that to the desire of wanting to change someone else, that's a true feat to take on. So I want you to become a little bit more aware of the roles that people have commit to, whether they know it or they do not, because when you're dealing with people, you know, everything that I talk about can you know be drawn back to my desire to help you improve your own mindset to help you improve and better understand why other human beings function differently from how you function and trying to understand and grasp that conceptually so you can form better relationships with other people in this world so that you can maximize the impact you make which inevitably relies on other people's participation at one point or another. So I want you to think about all of these things because when you meet with someone now and, you know, or if you're at home and, you know, you come over to your mother's house and she starts acting in this manner that we just discussed and it hits you, oh, Glow talked about that on her podcast. I get it now. I understand where those behaviors are coming from. And all of a sudden you're not picking a fight to be able to say, all right, leave me alone. I'm a grown woman. I'm a grown man. I don't need to bring my hat. I don't need to do this or that. I don't need to be told how to take care of my kids. Now we can exhibit a little bit more compassion. And it's the same thing for whether they're identifying with being a parent or with the type of career that they're in, or whether they're identifying with a very prominent past experience. Perhaps they've had something incredibly traumatic happen in their lives. You know, we talk a lot, a lot in my groups and with my clients about victimization and what that means, assuming the role of the victim and other people who victimize the victims. And it's important to understand where those feelings of being a victim come from, because a lot of times many individuals have identified themselves, like truly classified who they are as a human being, they've correlated that with being a victim because of some kind of traumatic experience. And it's so valuable for people to know, to know how other people identify themselves. And certainly that doesn't come off the bat. It's not a surface conversation. You can't look at someone and, you know, automatically know what they're going to be like or how they identify or what role they've taken on but sometimes you can you know um, there are opportunities where you can come across someone and they're carrying themselves in a fashion of where you can say hey you're a librarian aren't you And they can say to you, why, yes, I am. And what made you think that? And you can explain to them that the manner in which they move and they carry themselves exhibits that of a librarian or exhibits that of uh, some kind of authority figure or that of a politician, right? There are reasons why people act the way that they act and see the world the way that they see the world. And the more consciously aware we can be, of those roles, the more understanding we can be of people and the roles that they've taken on. And again, I want to emphasize the important part here is that many people are unaware of the role that they've taken on and how it causes them to be perceived and how they act because of it. So I want to give you a little bit of an exercise here. 
and I hope that you do it. I certainly won't be able to, you know, come reprimand you and check it and have you assume that I'm an authority figure um, based on my behavior, but I, I do hope that you will do it because it is a really important part of your own personal growth process. I've used it with a lot of my clients. It's been incredibly beneficial. The feedback's been great. So very, very simple. But I want you to take some time to reflect on the things that people have told you you resemble. Has anyone ever, over the course of your life, have you heard repeatedly that you seem like X? or you look like Y, or you act like Z, or you would make a great fill in the blank. What have people hinted to you as part of your identity, which could have been accurate or could not have been very well, but write that down. Write down how people have perceived your identity. It could be someone close to you. It could be your family member who says, oh man, you know, you would have made an amazing poet or artist or mathematician or whatever. Write that down and really think about the various things about you. Maybe it's how you carry yourself. Maybe it's the things you talk about passionately. Or maybe it's how you are around other people. Write down why you think, of course, you know, it's very likely that you don't know why, but write down why you think people have claimed that that was what your identity could have been successfully. And I think that you will really surprise yourself by what you come up with. Because You know, in the world of social media now, it's been very interesting because essentially people don't even have to necessarily come out of pocket for marketing and for market research. What they can do if, you know, time permits and their business is structured in a particular way or their brand is, is you can actually utilize the free information that the public gives you to assess their perception of you and how you are coming off to the greater market. And you don't have to be a business to use this approach. You don't have to have a massive Instagram following to be able to find value in the comments that people are giving you. Just the same way that if you have five Instagram followers and that's not you know, a tool that you can use here, what is the difference? The answer is there is no difference. What is the difference between utilizing market research on Instagram or Facebook and going out into the world and seeing how people react to you. These are the same people, folks. The same people that are on Instagram are out in the great big world. So utilize how people respond to you to gain a little insight into your roles. And I think it's amazing how many people have their eyes open to behaviors that they've been exhibiting for years, decades even. It's really remarkable to see how much the world can see of us. You know, we possess all of our great and bad qualities within us. We walk with them every single day. We live as we are. And yet, we know so little of ourselves. And that could be because we don't spend enough time 
on ourselves. We don't spend enough time really thinking deeply about who we are, why we're here, what decisions we're making. But no matter the reason, you know, we have to acknowledge that amidst all of that, maybe you're doing a fantastic job figuring out who you are. You spend a lot of time in solitude. You've really honed in on the core of your identity. And yet people who have done that still are not immune to greater society, to people and their environment. And all of those things still have an effect on us. And then our core, it sort of gets twisted and turned and manipulated sometimes into something that it's not in its purest state. And then people furthermore react to the alterations on our core identities. So we need to understand. We need to understand the role that we're playing. And then as a side note to that, understand if the role that you're playing isn't the role that you are intended to play. Maybe you are playing a role, but you don't want that role. You know, the example of a mother acting motherly to her 40-year-old son, she likely really enjoys that role. You know, that tends to happen with people who have identified with parenting or motherhood in this instance so deeply because they cherish it. But there are also instances in which you don't want to be the role that you've taken on. Maybe you went to law school and became a lawyer and then you decided to make a massive career change and you realized that you hated law. You hated who being a lawyer made you become. And then you start disidentifying. And as you undergo that process, you see that the world starts reacting to you differently. You know, a lot of people who undergo some kind of massive change in their life and they sort of shake everything up, they feel this weight lifted off of their shoulders once they've actually made the shift. And once that weight is lifted off of your shoulder, what that weight is is a role that you didn't want to play. You were playing a role with your entire being and you were having the world respond to that role. And then once you finally let go of that role and took on your natural role or natural core being, all of that fell off. You felt a weightlessness and the world responded to that. You received a different response from the world because your role changed. So I hope you think about this deeply. I hope you reflect back to yourself and try to place where you stand amidst this whole conversation. And as always, I'm here for you and with you. And if you'd like to talk more about this, send me a message. I would love to dig a little bit more deeply with you. And remember, no opinions here, just glow facts.